planning together is really important. I'm always including your loved ones and kind of figuring out what we want to focus on this holiday season and what brings joy. If your loved one it really enjoys hearing holiday classics, seeing holiday movies and going out and see Christmas lights or any other type of things you can think of. Those think might also, be the things you focus on. Yeah. Or like baking, you know, I know or my baking. family cooking is huge. So baking. So if someone has sort of gotten to the point where it's harder for them to recall a recipe or follow a recipe, maybe do it together so that you can still have that memory and do that, you know, yeah. that tradition. Welcome to Aging in Style, the podcast dedicated to celebrating aging and what it takes to do it well. I'm Lori Williams. I'm a certified senior advisor and senior housing expert. In each episode, you'll learn stories of older adults who are thriving in their 70s, 80s, 90s, and in some cases in their hundreds. Whether you're an older adult or the child of an older adult, this podcast is filled with insightful resources, organizations that are doing incredible work, and stories that will inspire you to volunteer, learn, and who knows, maybe even skydive in your golden years. Hi, welcome to today's episode of Aging in Style. We are right at the holidays now, and so we thought it would be a great podcast to talk about some tips for the holidays when caring for a loved one with dementia. And we have, of course, our favorite Megan Rowe with the Alzheimer's Association. She's back to give us those tips. She's always a wealth of information. So Megan is a senior program manager with the Alzheimer's Association, the Dallas and Northeast Texas chapter. So welcome back, Megan. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Well, give us some tips. What can we do to make things a little easier through the holiday season? Well, let's talk a little bit about the holidays. I know personally, I love the holidays. I love decorating and the foods, the music, the smells, the pine, the cinnamon. All those things are very nostalgic to me personally. But as a person with young kids and lots of family members, it can also be a little stressful, chaotic, trying to organize things. So I want to talk a little bit about um, some of the natural stressors we come across during the holidays. You know, it's often a time for togetherness and sharing, um, but it can also bring stress and disappointment. Um, if you have expectations set or even sadness, because as you know, our, you know, holiday traditions may evolve over time or who can be a part of holiday traditions. So today we're going to talk a little bit about what it might be like for someone caring for a loved one with Alzheimer's or dementia and how we can make some adjustments to hopefully make the holidays as stress-free as possible. So, and there's also, I do want to bring up too that the holidays might be the first times you've seen some people in a while. So they may not be really familiar with mom or dad's situation or sibling situation, depending on who the person is. It can bring up a lot of feelings for people. Yeah. And sure. in your There's, industry, yeah. I'm sure that you've seen things happen over the holidays where you might get calls about placement or things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, throughout the year, because people live far away, they don't always live in the same town with their parents or grandparents. And you may not notice the decline until you're right there with them. And then you see how much they've declined over the year or however long it's been since you could see them. Yeah. And, you know, one of the greatest things about holidays is that we have traditions within our own families. Um, but, you know, sometimes that can be overwhelming to try to maintain those as needs change and families, you know, the dynamics change. So we're going to talk a little bit about 
making sure the whole family can really help provide a supportive environment. So in the earlier stages, I just want to remind everyone, um, a person living with Alzheimer's may experience minor changes. So they might still be pretty active in the holiday planning and activities, but there might be some people that may withdraw and be less comfortable socializing, might get tired easier, not necessarily not enjoy, but it may be more difficult to enjoy all the festivities Mm -hmm. during the holidays. So the key is to check in with each other, of course, and discuss options. A simple, how are you doing? How are you feeling about everything? Maybe really appreciated by someone in the earlier stages. Planning together is really important. I'm always including your loved ones and kind of figuring out what we want to focus on this holiday season and what brings joy. If your loved one it really enjoys hearing holiday classics, seeing holiday movies and going out and see Christmas lights or any other type of things you can think of. Those might be the things you focus on. Yeah. Or like baking, you know, I know my family cooking is huge. So baking. So if someone has sort of gotten to the point where it's harder for them to recall a recipe or follow a recipe, maybe do it together so that you can still have that memory and do that, you know, that tradition. And maybe not do every traditional thing that you might do, but maybe incorporate just a few and adapt it in a way that makes sense for you and your loved ones. So as dementia progresses, though, into the late stages, you're going to really want to review your holiday plans to ensure they're still a good fit for your loved one and for the person providing care. Everyone is unique in this. Every family has their different traditions and hosts and things that they do. And so it's really important to include the whole family. Um, So we're hoping that these tips will help it be a little bit easier. So the biggest thing here is going to be adjusting your expectations. Having um, a group or a face-to-face meeting with your loved ones can be really helpful in making sure they understand um, what your caregiving situation currently is and setting really realistic expectations about what you can and can't do. We want caregivers to understand that although... They're caring for someone and it's very easy to like want to help and do all these things. It's perfectly okay and helpful to set those boundaries of things that you can realistically manage while on your caregiving journey. You know, Megan, I think that's really important to, like you said, have these conversations and set these expectations because I think, you know, even in, in a family where there isn't dementia, a lot of times there are family dynamics that come into play when everyone comes together, right? So there can mm-hmm. be some issues <laughs> that come up, maybe from childhood or whatever. So I do think, you know, these things can come to a head, especially when dementia is thrown in there too. So it's so important to have those conversations in advance, especially if one child is the caregiver and maybe is feeling not so happy about that situation. You don't want another sibling coming in and saying something, you're not doing it right or whatever, which I mean, I'm sure you hear this too. I hear it all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I, I agree that that setting that intent, what your holiday is going to look like is very important. Yeah. And not, you know, no one should expect you to maintain every holiday, a tradition or event exactly the way you have in the past. Although there's some things that we may repeat each year, it's always going to look a little different because the family dynamic always changes. It's evolving over time. So give yourself permission to only do what you can reasonably manage. And I know I'm terrible at this because I get these great ideas in my head of all these things I want to do. But then when it comes to having the time to do them, it can be a real challenge. So really take that into consideration as you work with your family to figure out what are the biggest things that we want to do to to incorporate into 
our holiday this season. You can also do things one-on-one that's just for you and your loved one to celebrate in the home, whether that's, like you said, baking. Baking brings out such pleasant smells mm-hmm. or um, having the holiday, the nostalgic holiday, holiday music playing in the background or, you know, setting up a tree. But maybe the tree doesn't have all the things that it used to, but maybe it's just that the symbol of the holiday or whatever holidays you celebrate. Those are the things that just take into consideration as you're kind of managing your own expectations for the holiday and only doing what you can reasonably manage. Some other suggestions would include having smaller groups over, you know, some families have 20, 20 plus people, 10 plus people. That can be a little overwhelming maybe for someone with dementia that doesn't experience that much activity with people on a daily routine basis. So maybe you could do visits of smaller, like five or six people, and maybe it's potluck style so that not one person's responsible for bringing all the food. If you do Um, have a large family and everyone wants to get together because, you know, it's just the tradition I mean, you could also maybe have a designated quiet area for that person to yeah, go to. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's a really good idea. And maybe someone else is hosting. Maybe you yes. can just pop in and head out when it's comfortable for you and your loved one. Um, and having that, you know, time away in, you know, a room aside in your house that's for resting. That's a really great idea, Lori. It could be a little overstimulating. If you consider 20 people that may include kids and music and cooking and back and forth and taking the trash out and all the things that the happen chaos. in a home. And yeah, the, the beautiful chaos of the yes. holidays. Um, but that could maybe be a little bit overwhelming for someone that doesn't experience that regularly. So having an option for a resting place or having a smaller get together or having someone else host might be some good options as you head into the holidays. Familiarize others with your situation. You can have a group conversation. Writing a letter or an email might be helpful. Um, It doesn't have to go too deep. We have a great example we can share with um, the listeners, Lori, of just, you know, kind of what to expect of your loved one's current capabilities. Would you include on that, for example, like if, you know, if everyone hasn't seen mom in a while and mom is maybe not recognizing people anymore. So maybe, Mm -hmm. okay, don't be surprised if mom doesn't know who you are. And this is how to respond to that instead of getting angry or upset or hurt. It's not you. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think that's a really good point. And the letter does have, you know, suggestions related to if someone doesn't recognize names or remember names, that it's not personal and spending time with you is still very valuable. Mm-hmm. And it might be helpful. Um, you're making me think of to add in items in there that might be meaningful activities to do with that loved one. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's bringing over a little photo book and, you know, sharing that or decorating cookies with the grandkids, so, you know, some simple things, uh, suggestions that you could add into the letter mm-hmm. that we're really looking forward to visit. Good. Or he can't sh- wait till your apple pie or whatever, yeah, you know. Yeah. Please do share that letter with me and then we'll make sure that we have it um, along with this podcast and share it in social media too. So that's great. A great place for people to start. Super. We'll definitely share that. And I do want to, I want to go back to this idea of sharing with the family real quick, because we often see at the Alzheimer's Association that families, especially a primary caregiver, can sometimes 
um, mask or kind of hide the symptoms from other relatives that maybe don't live nearby and things. And perhaps they don't want their loved ones to worry or perhaps they don't want to address the dementia or something like that. But it's very difficult for a primary caregiver to take care of a loved one with dementia on their own. And so having these conversations with your family might be difficult. Maybe people won't necessarily understand completely. You will ultimately help expand your care. The people that can help support and provide care with you and your loved one when you have these tough discussions. Mm -hmm. So preparing them in advance so there's no surprises can really help kind of get a hold of managing expectations, and then providing more support for yourself as a caregiver. So I just wanted to share that because I think that you mean well, people mean well when they do that. They you know, maybe don't want to share that with their loved ones, but it really is going to be in the benefit of the caregiver and the care recipient to, to be able to have more people in their lives to help. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That's a very good point. Okay, so now we're going to talk a little bit about involving the person with dementia in the holiday activities and um, in a safe and manageable way, of course, and in, involved with things that are really enjoyable. So maybe that's helping to prepare for the food or setting the table. I heard a really great example the other day that a colleague of mine said her dad loved to polish the silverware and would continue to do that even with dementia. And so she always gave him this meaningful activity of polishing the silverware for everyone and he loved to set the table. So that was part of how he helped prepare the family meal for everyone. He could help wrap packages. They don't have to be perfect because we're going to tear yeah. them apart anyway, right? <laughs> Again, decorating the table. We do recommend avoiding using candies, artificial fruits and vegetables as decorations because a person with dementia may confuse them with real food, blinking lights, you might want to do an assessment of your environment when it comes to the holidays, because if your house is anything like mine, I have decoration everywhere and lights and they change colors and that can, you know, be a little overstimulating at times. So making sure that you um, kind of keep it simple mm-hmm. can help a person have, living with them. Have those clear pathways too, because I've been in some houses that, I mean, they look great, but I mean, Christmas has exploded in there. <laughs> so you oh, want to yes. make sure that they're still, you know, clear pathways. <laughs> yes, clear pathways. You want to make sure your rooms are lo- well lit. As beautiful as holiday lights can be, they can create a lot of shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're really going to want to take that into consideration to help prevent falls, but also confusion with what the shadow might be. There might be perception issues uh, caused by dementia. And so you just want to take that into consideration as you prepare a safe environment for your loved one. Um, or if you're traveling to someone else's place, but something, you know, daytime could, you know, helps reduce some of that too. And it's our most alert active time of day is they say, I think about 10, 11 a.m. So that it might be, you know, that you have your holiday meal earlier um, to help accommodate for your loved ones. That's a good point. Maybe don't plan it at four or five o'clock in case of sundowning. So that, yeah, have it a little earlier. It can be a a tiring part of the day. And there's families out there that might celebrate in the evening traditionally. And, you know, maybe they turn that into a brunch the next day or maybe meet in the earlier afternoon. So that can help um, avoid some of the sundowning times in the later evening, afternoon where exhaustion sets in, perhaps. Mm -hmm. 
could trigger some different types of behaviors and things. So that's something to consider as well. Maybe also, I just thought of this, maybe you open gifts at different times. So maybe you come a little later after the kids have opened, because, you know, there's always so much excitement and beautiful chaos, as you said, you know, with kids and, you know, they have toys that make noise and lights and all that stuff. So maybe you come after the kids have opened their gifts and then, you know, it's like a little quieter time. Yeah, I think that's a really great idea. I've seen so many kids in my family that have just made a total mess of opening gifts. Mm-hmm. And, that's <laughs> and maybe we reserve a gift exchange for adults at a different time or something mm-hmm. like that. Another suggestion is build on traditions and memories, but be flexible. Maybe you take the things that you enjoyed to do with your loved one and you just adapt into the current skills and abilities that you're, you can manage reasonably, of course. Mm-hmm. It might be less stressful and a better fit with your current responsibilities as a caregiver. Uh, for example, watching seasonal films or maybe you used to go caroling and that was a joy um, in your life, but maybe now you're, you're going out to see carolers or... Mm-hmm plays on on tv i don't want to give tv as just the example but or maybe you just gather around your own christmas tree with your family and sing songs together sing christmas yeah, songs or even have just a hot cup of hot cocoa and listen mm-hmm. to some christmas music yeah or any kind of holiday music so adapt gift giving is kind of our next bigger section of tips you want to make sure another reason to have a good conversation with your loved ones or anyone that's going to provide a gift you want to make sure that they provide appropriate gifts for your loved one that are safe and comfortable, easy, easy to use gifts. Um, So it's really helpful to provide suggestions, to be quite honest, um, from the caregiver, something that could benefit a caregiver too, would also benefit the person um, with dementia. So maybe it's food delivery, meal delivery, or a laundry service or a handyman. Mm-hmm. Um, those might not seem like traditional gifts to give someone, but that could really help out someone who's providing care 24-7. Maybe Definitely. Yeah, maybe it's uh, photo albums of friends or family, favorite treats, comfortable things, mm-hmm. things to keep us warm. Or Well, I know my know. grandmother was always cold. And she had dementia. She lived to 101. And so she was always cold. So we always got her like fluffy, nice blankets, you know, um, slippers that, you know, with the thing on the bottom so that she wouldn't slip. Pajamas, her favorite kind of pajamas, robes, things like that, that just kept her cozy and warm and her signature color, which was pink. That's perfect. You kept kept her favorite color, um, the tradition. 100%. Yes. Yeah. Definitely want to make sure people understand what is considered dangerous and for someone with dementia. So what's appropriate for someone without cognitive decline, you know, that someone might give lotions or paints or tools or electronic equipment. There was one on here the other day that someone said that they shouldn't have done, but they did because they thought it would bring joy. And that was a, a pet, an animal. Oh, gosh. Uh-huh. Like, a yeah. dog, like a puppy or, you know, something like that. Well, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, a companion animal would be wonderful. And it's oftentimes very wonderful for people with dementia. Mm -hmm. But what happens is they're not going to be able to take care of that pet. So really it becomes another responsibility of the caregiver. So you have to be Mm -hmm. really careful about the things that we're we're providing for families. Uh, I would highly recommend a voucher or gift certificate for respite in home respite care Mm -hmm. so that that caregiver can take a break, take a nap, go visit friends. Or just go to run errands um, when they can't. 
Speaking of pets, though, this is something I've seen a lot. Um, they have those, oh gosh, I don't know what they're called, but they look like real dogs oh, or yeah. cats. And like it's the like they're breathing. Car. Yeah. Yeah. Are, do you know what they're called? They're no, like, uh, there's probably different names for them because they, there are different products out there on the market. Yeah. But I know what you're talking about. Life I've life, seen those in yeah, places in, in community. Or realistic pets mm-hmm. can also bring joy because. They look like, oftentimes they look like they're just sleeping or they can sit in your lap and they'll purr or they'll just, and um, someone with dementia in the later stages might just pet, you know. Mm -hmm. And find it comforting. Yeah. Comfort in that. So Mm -hmm. that's a good point to bring up. Um, That did happen for the example that I shared was she learned real quickly that maybe the real pet wasn't a good example. So they switched for. I think she took the animal and then provided one of those very lifelike dogs. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's very important. And I have a puppy right now, and I can tell you, um, uh, she's a lot more work than I remembered puppies being because you go like years with between having puppies, right? And then you're like, yeah. oh my goodness. <laughs> so yeah, that would be yeah, way too much. much energy, and they need. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm sh- I'm sure that. I'm preaching to the choir about that, but they have a lot of energy. So mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely have to take that into consideration. Yeah. So no live pets. <laughs> yeah. But okay. So then we can talk about skills, uh, gifts based on skills. Say your grandmother or mom or dad or whoever loves baking. Well, maybe they can't follow the recipe anymore, like you mentioned, or um, they can't fully bake, but they might enjoy helping to make cookies and stirring and packing them into tins or gift giving them to neighbors or, you know, what you end up doing with taking a test of those delicious cookies that we made, we just made. Um, so take that into consideration just because they can't maybe help make the whole meal like they used to, if that's the case, I bet you could still find some very purposeful and meaningful things, uh, tasks for them to do that can help prepare um, the meals or mm-hmm. just be involved. I think the being involved and Having the connection of being involved and living in that moment is really important for folks that are living with dementia. And that's a great activity to family members, too. I agree, especially with with women who were always homemakers and, you know, made the meal and people in that age group definitely were. So even if it's, you know, you don't want to give them a knife to cut things up, but maybe you give them a bowl and they can stir something, stir chocolate chips in or whatever it may be to help with baking cookies or or, you know, baking a pie. So any way that they can help and, you know, be a part of it and encourage them and, and be happy that you're sharing in that time with them. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And, um, and if gift giving, if that's not like if you guys don't do the, the big gift giving things that I'm envisioning in my head, maybe there's like you draw names or if you adapt it to make it simpler, I guess. Mm hmm. For our families, or I like what your suggestion earlier of maybe the kids open up their gifts a little yeah. bit, you know, to different. Mm. The next section is really about trying to be flexible. I mean, I can think of a lot of people in my personal life that celebrate X holiday on X day at X time, and that's kind of their family tradition. But when we're talking about families evolving and changing and aging and, and the things that go along with that, you might need to be flexible on those days. You know, the holiday doesn't necessarily have to happen um, the night before, or, you know, it could be the following week if that's what's going to work mm-hmm. best for your schedule and for your loved one. You know, it 
if your family all lives out of town and they want to come visit you, but they can't come visit till the following week, maybe that's maybe that's the right fit for you. Well, um, and, so it's, and like you said about adapting your tradition. So like my family, here's an example. I'm sure a lot of families are this way. Go to midnight mass on Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. and then you know, yeah. So there's like a big dinner um, Christmas Eve, and then we open presents, and then we go to mass, and so. Those are all things that are happening later in the day, which are not going to be good for someone who has dementia. So you may just, you know, maybe certain members of the family go on and do that, but you adjust and adapt things so that it's going to be better for the person with dementia. Yeah. And if that's a, if um, being part of services is something that was really important to your loved one and the caregiver, um, perhaps they go to a service earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've worked at communities, senior living communities, where um, someone from um, the church will come to the facility just to visit that person that day because it's part of their what's important to them um, during the holiday. And so I think Mm -hmm. that's true of many different faiths. um, And I've seen that in the North Texas area that they'll, they'll do individual visits. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a matter of, again, expanding your support team and making sure your church or your faith-based organization knows about your situation and that your, your loved one can still be cared for spiritually. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a really good point to bring up because that's not on this list. (laughs) <laughs> being flexible is and that's i think what the biggest theme of this is being flexible and adaptable to make less stress for yourself mm-hmm. and it's i i really want to encourage any caregivers that are listening to give themselves permission to have that to, to set boundaries to to understand what your own reasonable um uh, what you can reasonably manage during the holidays. We sometimes as caregivers get caught in the, you want to do everything for everyone and you, you're a giver, you're this person that's providing so much. And sometimes you don't provide that for yourself. You lose sight of taking care of yourself and stress management is a really big part of taking care of yourself. Um, so I want to reiterate that because it's very difficult for our mm-hmm. caregivers out there to do that for themselves. It and is. We also- and I, I can see where caregivers want, you know, that's their personality. They want to make everyone happy. And you just, you know, there's only so much of yourself you can give. So maybe you don't have this huge Christmas that you're used to doing and make five pies from scratch and cookies and all this stuff, you know. We all like put a lot on ourselves. And I know every year I say, oh, I'm going to bake these cookies and do all this. And then Christmas comes around and, you know, sometimes only a little bit of it got done. And that's okay. (laughs) The time just moves so quickly, it seems like. And the things that we can envision in our minds of the things we would like to do and accomplish doesn't always translate to the time we have available to do those things Mm -hmm. or the energy. Sometimes we just don't have the energy to put into baking the five pies. So we need to exactly. go down to the store and get them or have someone bring some pies. Mm-hmm. But and your certain- gifts don't all have to be like like a store, department store, beautifully wrapped with the matching ribbon and all of that. If they're wrapped, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying that no, for myself, okay? <laughs> yeah, no, really, like get the family involved with wrapping, get mm-hmm. your loved ones involved with wrapping because ultimately it's going to be opened anyway and In that's kind of the fun part too. Yeah. So adapt, just being flexible on those things. 
consider also maybe serving non-alcoholic drinks. Um, there's some families that have, you know, maybe have a little bar set up uh, at their <laughs> holiday function or whatever their party and celebration. And, you know, someone with dementia that's taking medication, that may not be the best um, option for them. But there are some very fun, they call them mocktails out there. Yeah. So if dad really wants his Jack Daniels or mom wants a martini or something, there's some really clever things you can do to, to dress a glass up to make mm -hmm. it look like, you know, what they're like used a, to. Yeah, exactly. That's a great idea. Yeah, we had um, another example this week. I did this um, tip sheet for someone else and they were saying that they had to do, they had to start incorporating that because dad would forget that he already has Jack Daniels and he would go get another one. <laughs> and, you know, that can be a little challenging mm -hmm. at times. So some of the other hacks that I would recommend too is like, I really feel like the thought in my mind of going to like a mall or a big store to go shopping can be very overwhelming to me personally. Um, so there's like little life hacks that aren't on here to make your holiday a little bit more organized and shopping online. There's no shame in shopping online and having uh, it delivered no. right door. We have a lot Amazon. of Amazon. Yeah, I'm the yes. Amazon shopper. I don't want to go to I don't want to shop at all right now, <laughs> except a online. lot of conveniences at our fingertips. And if you know, if you're listening, and you, you're not super familiar with that process, rely on those family members, I guarantee there are family members that you have that can help you order the things you need and get mm -hmm. them to you before the holidays. And there was a great example of someone this week of there's this person in this, in this person's family that is highly organized on like Google Docs and Google Sheets and all those things. So this family member organizes everything from travel dates, like when are we arriving? When are we leaving? Things we can do while we're there. Gift giving exchange, like Lori, you have Susie and Susie, you have Bob. And maybe if you have someone talented in the organization department in your family, let them do, let mm -hmm. them build that out for you. That might be helpful to your family. Yeah, that's um, a great so, idea. Yeah, some other life hacks. I mean, you can also, you can have a holiday meal delivered to your door um, without any cooking at all. Mm -hmm. It might take some prep of ordering in advance, but it is an option. So there's some modern day things that can really help folks out there. And I would encourage you to take advantage of that and ask a family member if you're not aware of what those are. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing, Lori, I really do want to talk about before we end today is, and tell me if you experience this ever, the post-holiday letdown. The holidays are over. The decorations are gone. We enter into a new year, a very long month of winter, um, <laughs> and we don't always prepare ourselves for that. You know, it Maybe, can be kind you of... You know, for me, the letdown is when Christmas is over, the day after Christmas, and I look around and I think, man, I got to put all this stuff away. <laughs> yes, so, the cleaning yeah. it all up. And then uh -huh. I always feel like when it's all up, my home looks empty it almost. does yes it's like I'm like, the house looks like naked. yeah <laughs> so so then um one of the biggest tips too is to prepare for a post-holiday letdown if that's kind of a time of year that's you don't really look forward to maybe plan something in january that you can look forward to maybe it's lunch with your girlfriends or maybe it's a day um getaway like a weekend getaway and you have family members coming to help out with your loved one for caregivers maybe, it's you know here's a thought maybe 
if you decorate it and you're a caregiver, like say your mom lives with you or whatever, and you did do some decorating, decorating, have someone, a family member, like say, I'm going to come over on this day and help you put everything away, or I'll put everything away, you go relax, you know, just kind of give them a moment. So they're not having to worry about being the caregiver and then cleaning everything up and putting it away. That would be a great holiday gift to give someone. I would love that gift if anyone out there would like to give me that. (laughs) You go away for the day, do whatever you want, and I will come clean up your holiday decor. How nice would that be? That sounds lovely. But yeah, just kind of put that in the back of your mind of like, what could I do for myself that would be nice in January to have something to look forward to? Or February, it doesn't have to be January, but something to plan on the calendar, a commitment to yourself to do something kind and and good for your own Mm well-being. I think that that could help um, when you have something to look forward to. I think that always helps. And it doesn't have to be super complicated. It could be a movie. It could be brunch. It could be going to get a pedicure, which is always lovely. Mm -hmm. Um, so, Lori, those are kind of the things that we have for suggestions um, to help prepare for the holiday season. And the biggest thing, again, is to be adaptable, flexible, and communicate your what you can manage with your loved ones. Yeah. Um, and hopefully they'll step in and help and, and it, the way that they can. And, and hopefully they'll help with um, relieving or preventing some stress for the holidays. Excellent. I think these are great, great tips, Megan. And you know, I love that about setting the expectation. We've given some great ideas on preparing for the holiday and the actual Christmas day or whatever holiday you're celebrating. And then also um, ideas for gifts to give. So I, I think this is this is great. I hope um, everyone out there has found that, found this very um, helpful and interesting. Thank you, Lori. Yeah, thank you so much for being on. And it's always a pleasure to have you here and sharing your knowledge with us. And we look forward to having you back on in January. We will have something special, I'm sure, planned for that. (laughs) Sounds great. Thank you so much. Happy holidays, everyone. Thank you. And happy holidays to you. And y'all be sure and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and share this with your friends and family. It could also be a good way to kind of get those conversations going. So, um, you know, if everyone just listens, this is only 25, 30 minutes long. And uh, just, you know, share it with your family members. Be sure to visit our website for tips. We'll have some of the tips that we talked about that letter that uh, Megan mentioned from the Alzheimer's Association. And I hope that you all have a wonderful holiday and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.